Hello, I'm Jack. And I'm George, and this is the All Math Gallery podcast. All Math Gallery is an artist-led platform founded by Jack and I on the principles of slow looking, the contemplation of one artwork for a sustained period of time. In each episode, we will speak with a contemporary artist about two artworks they have chosen. One of their own, and one from contemporary art or art history. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Should we, should we go straight in? Yeah, let's do it. Go straight okay, in. cool. Um, should, should we do a little uh, int- pause for the jingle and then we'll introduce ourselves? <laughs> we don't have a jingle. Hello, welcome to the All Math Gallery podcast. We're very excited that this is our first episode ever. Um, we're going to be talking to the lovely Rannon McDonald. Uh, he's currently enrolled on the Royal Drawing School drawing year. Um, and among other things, has recently been nominated this summer for the Beep Painting Prize. Is that right? Um, <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. So, could you just describe your practice for us first, Bernard? Um, Sure. Uh, thanks for having me on, by the way. Um, <laughs> let's think. Um, so, I really make uh, images some sculptures and music as well. And recently just been doing a bit of animation, but that's with my brother who's more of an animator and I've just been sort of, yeah, helping, um, but doing some modeling for that. And so, yeah, I'm involved in quite a lot of different aspects, mm-hmm. I guess. And that's with mm-hmm. like plasticine models, right? Yeah, I just realized that was a really bad, description like, <laughs> no no, no, no it's, it's uh, good yeah it's a big question yeah and you've got like <laughs> you do have like very many different strands to your practice um yeah yeah um isn't it like practice in general like a lot of, i mean for a long time i didn't consider like the music that i was making as part of like a pra- my art practice or something but mm. now i now i do so it's like i think yeah i i, I think I, i'm quite wary and of those boundaries as well and like I'm not exactly sure what is and what isn't sometimes mm. or what, what it means exactly. I guess uh, you could follow in the footsteps of Bowie and form a mixed media music group. <laughs> yeah <laughs> well that's kind of what we've got yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, that's re- that's good. A diverse practice is a healthy practice. Yeah yeah. Yeah <laughs> it's like a diet. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good um, good saying. Yeah. You um you just started on the drawing year, right? So yeah. um how's that been going? Have you had like any physical time yet? Have you got into the studios or anything? Like um, you... no. yeah. Sorry, yeah, not not um no, we haven't got in yet, but um it's been it's been really good so far. We've just had the first term and it's all been online. Um but I've been really surprised about how much I've learned really from you know you might have thought that being online it might not be as fruitful as being there in person but I found it incredibly useful I think there's def- there's like there's positives and negatives to it but um, it's mm. not necessarily worse. How how are they organizing sort of crits or is that does that feature as part of the course? Um, it's kind of there are crits usually at the end of your like a class that will be like sort of a day class will be like 10 till five. And then usually throughout the, you might have a crit 
where you'll show your work in the middle of the day and maybe at the end of the day, but it'll be, they're usually quite quick. Um, and they vary in terms of kind of depth. You know, it's not the same as like the school, like where we were at Sitting Guilds or Slade where I was at before where the crits are like very kind of that academic side of art discourse and yeah. that, but it's kind of, it's more sort of practical. It's more like, yeah, just looking at the making of things really, but which is in itself is it's, you know, is, is conceptual in its own right really, but you know, that's the kind of thing. So it's interesting. Is that, do you, are there birds in the room with you or? <laughs> I think they're just outside. Just that's near amazing. The... That's such a, like a black really bird. nice, like loud bird song. <laughs> yeah, I think they're pretty loud at the moment. <laughs> The second of spring, isn't it? They're all sort of sunset. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So, yeah. The, so, the work we're going to be discussing by you that you chose um, is it's called Up in the Air. And mm. it is, I'm going to sort of read out this little thing I wrote about it. It's um, a drawing of a fantasy tornado landscape of rolling hills in which grimacing cacti and strange woolly creatures are helplessly flung through the air below a sky that seems to show both the rising and setting of the sun simultaneously. Mm. My eyes directed across the picture plane in a swooping motion, guided by these blustery pencil marks that only subside to the right of the composition, where a beached whale with a human nose slouches on the seashore. Oh, amazing. I love that. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, yeah, so... Do you want to do you want to say anything about this work before we ask you some questions about it? Um, well, I mean, I could, I could you know I could talk about it um, probably for a while, but not. I mean, it just depends what kind of which way you want to go with it. But yeah, there's. I don't want to like answer your questions before you answer them. I guess <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't have that many points really. <laughs> and uh, you sort of described it really well. I really like that. Um, you know, the main. I think, yeah, when you're talking about the direction of your eye through the piece, that's a really important thing for me. And I'm sure we'll sort of get onto that, <clears throat> mm. like the movement and the entering. And um, and then, yeah, just the, that's the, yeah, the the willingness is really important. And I'm sure we'll talk more about that. And like, there's this thing with the clouds and a lot of the figures and they're sort of, yeah, they're kind of, they're all sort of clouds really. And as a jack will know, like clouds is a really big part of my um, research and sort of how I think about things. Um, and yeah, so yeah, the different, yeah, the tornado, the, the rolling hills and the beach. I love that the idea that the, the, the mark sort of settle down in the beach is really interesting because I hadn't really thought about that, but that it's almost like, yeah, they're sort of pinched at the one side mm -hmm. there. Um, yeah, it's got this, like, there's this kind of idea of this temporal thing of, for the that can be read left to right so you've got the beginning with this kind of sunrise or maybe it's a sunset could be either really but it's like that's the rolling hills and it's sort of idyllic and then this these sort of uh farmyard creatures that's a cattle and a sheep are being blown up into the air and then yeah then it's the desert in the middle so that's like kind of the the storm and then there's this sort of the beached whale is like the end of the storm um, but as you say, there's like, I think it's constructing that was, is kind of interesting and it's not, I think it's not, so, it's, it's both to have that temporal thing, but also to not have it as well. So it's like, mm. 
Yeah. Yeah, because the composition's almost it could be read kind of left to right or the other way, but then it's also kind of a circle, like mm. those pencil marks you've created that almost like describe the speed and wind and stuff. They kind of it kind of does go in some like endless loop as well. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, and I think that's it's still kind of that's the tornado thing really, I think. The it's that vortex. And I um, you know, today I've been gathering my thoughts a bit and then yeah, you know, I think that's a, it's an important, this idea of, um, yeah, I guess time and and cir circularity as well, or like two things happening at once, like I think it's really important and um, mm. I could talk about that as more, but like there's a kind of, that's what clouds really represent in a way is like this threshold between two states and existing in them simultaneously because the threshold, yeah. yeah. Because to the viewer who happens upon this image, um, it's clear there's a whole lot going on, but mm. but one's not really sure what exactly is going on. Mm. There's no, there's the narrative isn't clear, and it's a little bit like these the kind of characters have been there all along. And I know that you've been working on this drawing for mm. for months, haven't you? Um. <laughs> or, or I mean, I've I think I remember seeing one like this. Mm in the summer yes yes am i right about that? yes you would have been. i mean that was i think that was that was when i was working i haven't worked on it really since but um it did i, I was probably working on it for a little while yeah a couple of weeks maybe three weeks or something um and these characters um they're not confined just to this particular work they kind of crop up in your other hmm. uh visual work too mm -hmm um sculptures and drawings right yeah yeah definitely i think like they're all sort of yeah things have sort of picked up um and... i guess I could, I could slip in a little question there mm, yeah. um <laughs> so like this work in particular um reminds me of a kind of cross between a piero de cosimo landscape you know that kind of i, I guess it's got like a similar composition with these rolling hills and I know he also, um, it might not be relevant to your work, but he also does these weird like human-faced animals sometimes. Um, but yeah, like a cross between that kind of landscape and then also like the tornado scene in The Wizard of Oz. It's like, I think maybe just because it was black and white as well. Um, but are there any like particular long-term influences in your work, um, like films you watched as a child or... Um, obviously you make animation so any like cartoons or anything that are important to this work and like your wider practice yeah i mean it's such a such a lot in that question that i would address <laughs> but, um, i mean to start with that period of, uh the cosmo thing i i think there's there was a particular piece actually which um there's one of like a forest fire mm, yeah um yeah and i actually i'd seen that i must have seen it before and forgotten about it and then made a drawing of this and then it, and then kind of quite a lot later saw that thing and I was like ah that's oh, so it was like subconscious yeah yeah um it's interesting is that the one at the Ash movie yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. love it yeah <laughs> yeah um so it was really interesting um and I think that you know that that in a way I think a lot of the images come through that kind of I'm really interested in that kind of process like at what sticks in your mind and trying to sort of eke out the things that have stuck there that you don't necessarily know are there or 
that have been there so long that you don't even that you or you're so close to them that you can't even really see them or um mm -hmm. uh but so and so yeah so the in terms of film uh, yeah i love the fact that you mentioned the wizard of oz i think um that's quite an important film really for me in many ways like and it's such an amazing piece of work i think like and such a weird film as well i love it it's kind of like a theater thing i mean it's this it speaks a lot about like different realities and like dreams and mm -hmm. um and this kind of thing and and the tornadoes yeah was, i think it's like one of one of the main points of reference to the tornado and a lot of the stuff actually that i looked at and a cup i was yeah i've looked at i've looked at that film quite a lot and mm. um yeah it's just yeah it's just quite unsettling that film and, um yeah there's all these weird things like the anthropomorphic kind of like lion characters and and like yeah and the trees as well I kind of see like that grimacing cactus in the foreground in this work yeah. is like kind of reminds me of those horrible trees in the Wizard of Oz yeah. <laughs> I mean exactly but it's exactly the kind of thing that like you know lots of people of our generation for instance would have maybe seen it when they might have been like five or six yeah. or something and you just don't, these images are just there. And so it was like one of those things that I only really rewatched it properly like last year or something, but I had already sort of started looking at some of the imagery from it. Um, and there's an artist, uh, Alex Decourt, Alex Decourt, I don't know how to say his name, but um, he's references that film a bit as well. And the thing of the, yeah, just and just the the cinematography and it's just amazing. The special effects, a lot of transitions, mm -hmm. and that particularly that scene where the house is going up a tornado and there's the window. Yeah, <laughs> mm, yeah. yeah, like people cycling by and things like <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so brilliant. Is there any other like major kind of film or cartoon influence that comes to mind in relation to yeah. this work? Or yeah, I mean, I think the main thing. I mean. Some of the, I mean, Toy Story and the early Pixar films, Bugs Life, so sort of important for me growing up that like, I think to, to the way I think about um, like form and and drawing and I think particularly like, I mean, this is a, there's an, it really comes to a conversation about drawing and figuration, which is kind of like, you know, I'm realizing more and more that that's what my work is about. And I think it is about the figure or a figure and like these are just like ways of making figures um that sort of makes sense or um to me and i think that you know those yeah there's i used to i was really obsessed with drawing and I, bug's life was one of the earliest things i remember drawing from and i don't really know why or how i was drawing it but i just remember that i, I was just that was just my thing i just drew from bug's life character must have had a book or something and um and then and then moved on from there but I also had a video had this uh pc game that used to play um it was called um this it was called uh, magic Dis disney magic artist or something and it was really influential because it was it was kind of like in it it sort of showed you how to draw like the disney characters and it also had all this like it was this thing where you had like stickers and you stuck in like Mickey Mouse and he'd be in an American diner or he'd be in like an outline landscape or he'd be in space but it was this idea of this kind of stock imagery and like 
these sets that were like, you know, they felt like this kind of almost this sort of universal language of like, it's like cartoons that are about films or like there's this level of removal that by the time I think like when, you know, for instance, when we were growing up, that it was like a lot of my work is about stuff that's about yeah <laughs> <laughs> or about the experience of like growing up within that sent that removal and trying to almost break through from it or to find something tactile within it or to, you know, mm. i think that's that's kind of yeah so is it kind of is it your experience that these characters are trying to play out mm. or i suppose i'm thinking about someone like ken kiff here I don't know anything about psychoanalysis or anything, but this idea of the sort of uh, the archetypes mm. and, and things like that. Mm. Oh yeah, what in terms of like dream archetypes or like yeah, yeah, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, I think well, that's interesting. I mean, I haven't like read like young. That's like is that young thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's not get too intellectual. <laughs> I've heard like that. I mean, yeah, people mention him and sort of yeah aware of some of his kind of like ideas but um I kind of I, I think I do like the idea of like yeah archetypes are really important and um yeah what um this idea of a kind of universal language almost but I don't I don't I don't I don't feel like those things are like set in stone I don't know whether mm -hmm. that's what he thinks they are or not but um you know but there's definitely for me you know like in this what's this piece has kind of got a lot of my characters in it that um and they all kind of what i think what i find what i like about them is that they all have like different uses and different meanings and different layers of meanings and so it's like i think that's the whole thing is in a way it's like map it's like making a map kind of like a game or something um that you can explore and like use for different means or something but i go back to what you're saying jack is like it's a something to do with um my experience that yeah it is um, but it also, yeah, I mean, it might not necessarily be that or it's not really so important. I mean, like a lot of it's like will be wider things and or a sense, you know, I mean, up in the air is like, you know, this is like first lockdown. It was like up in the air was like one of the most said things. And <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, everything was up in the air and it was like just the cactus is kind of, you know, so for instance, yeah, so you've got the cactus, this could symbolize the West, you know, America, Hollywood, you know, it's like, it's blowing, you know, it's like, it's kind of like this big, mm -hmm. you know, this decline or something, or, you know, likewise the whale, but the whale's more maybe like ice, you know, the cactus is grounded and is trying to be ungrounded. Mm -hmm. So it's about like holding on, weathering like a storm and it might not be, it could, like you could interpret that as it, some wider cultural thing, or it could be a personal thing, you know, like maybe it's both or, you know the whales like isolation um again it's like this quite western thing it's like there's moby dick there's like i think about old man in the sea mm -hmm. um, and this yeah so would you say there's like a wider narrative then um because obviously so do you think of these ones as like these characters like the cactus as kind of your you're kind of looking in on different scenes that you've created that are maybe part of like a larger narrative, although obviously it's not like so certain as a kind of contained narrative. But yeah, do you see them as like 
all kind of connected to the same world or like contained from each other definitely connected yeah and um, i think i'm really interested in yeah the like world building and map building and um i think that's to me is the only way or that yeah that's how it makes sense to me that's kind of how they happen i think i know i was someone who really struggled to yeah i think yeah starting out making art like i really wanted to make things but like not knowing how to or not 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 physically how to but like not knowing what to make and i think these kind of come out of that that problem of what to make mm-hmm. and it's i think they come out of a process of not thinking about what should i make but thinking about like you know going through stuff and being like oh i'm not going to make that that would be pointless or i can't be like, that's yeah. that's no good or that's not interesting and also i think it, it can be like definitely quite liberating when you've got this kind of world in your head already that you're beginning to like uncover gradually Mm. by making different works about it then it can feel quite nice to know that you can just sort of slip into it and then like add to it or change Mm. it um rather than having this like unconnected kind of massive images in your brain that you have to like make sense of yeah yeah. that's it it's like it's all like yeah it's to do with like sort of ecology of like your time as well and yeah as you say it's like it would just be too much to have all these different things going on. Like yeah. it just doesn't make sense. And yeah, I think you no, know, I can see there's like a similar thing going on in in your work, um, George. Like with these uh, creatures and goblins, and they all seem like they're from the same universe. That it's this kind of yeah. I think that's mm. yeah. I definitely like understand what you were talking yeah. about there because I think it's definitely relevant to my work yeah. as well. But, um... Do you think? Um... <laughs> Do you think that humour is important? Does it kind of, um, does it help the viewer access the work initially? Yeah, you were saying like that, you know, some of these, they were quite like dark descriptions earlier of the characters in Up in the Air, like one of them was like isolation and things, mm. but at the same time it is also like, you know, at the same time it's also like quite a funny image. Completely. Yeah, I mean, so I think humor is so important to life and art and well, I mean, mm-hmm. what I like, what I do, you know, to my life, um, and how I enjoy the world, and I think to humanity, you know, it's like it's such a universal thing, and um, to me, it's like I think from the beginning of when I started to try and make things, it was like to try and make art, whatever that is, it was like a, sort of a way, always a way out as well, sort of that mm-hmm. you could always, no matter how sort of scary things got you always had this route out like in a route and mm. and but mm. also like you say jack a way in as well um and ultimately it's like yeah it just makes it all a bit nicer or <laughs> a bit yeah it's like you know not so heavy um because yeah there's some of the yeah there are, there are heavy subjects but i think humor's yeah need humor <laughs> um also I, I guess it's to sort of a way of also maybe take saying to myself that like I'm not taking this or I'm taking it very seriously I'm not reminding myself <laughs> not to take myself too seriously or something as well yeah well it's interesting talking about the films that we were discussing earlier it's layers of artifice mm. and if you take the artifice too seriously then you're trapped aren't you you think that this stage mm. set 
that they're parading through in the Wizard of Oz is a reality. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not just someone pulling the strings behind a green curtain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I think, yeah, so it's important to see that. And I think, like, keeping that, yeah, that humour keeps makes that clear that it isn't real. Um, this scene of whatever, but, like, um, you know, it's that thing. I also... <laughs> So yeah, go on. Um, I just have one question as well in relation to, I guess it kind of links to the humour thing, which was, um, this might not be relevant at all, but I was just wondering if the cactus in the foreground was a self-portrait or if any of the animal creatures, um, if you think maybe it's just sort of subconscious, but I feel like... The Definitely. Well, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> I, I do. Well, I usually model for them myself. <laughs> um I'll take pictures and and uh use them for reference and I'm sort of I'm quite happy for them to sort of sort of be self portraits or sometimes <laughs> they are sometimes they are I think like the whale isn't so much um but mm -hmm. then the cactus and the cow are but then like the cactus is is aren't sorry um and then there's the other character who's in this one but you can't really see as well as the donkey but just features in this sort of where's the donkey so it's just in this the waves at the back where the where the whale is in this sort of um oh. of neptune um at the back there and there's also the donkey skulls just there next to the left of the cactus mm, yeah. um, so that's this donkey's quite interesting because it's sort of it's become this like this this character that can really represent these like yeah, quite otherworldly things as well. And like, it's like mm. often like the force of nature, like with a wave or something like that, that kind of like power. And I think it's like, mm. it's an interesting one because I think it, to me, it's always represented like the other, whatever that might be, because it's always like the other horse. It's always like, no, it's always <laughs> like this thing of, like, I don't know, I guess it's like this thing of like Christian mythology or christian text or you know like jesus was riding a donkey and it's like it's humble because it wasn't a horse and then it's like and the donkey's like the beast of burden i think the game buckaroos is where i came from that sort of 90s game and that question yeah. of that thing and the idea that it gets loaded up with things and then at one and then it bursts i think yeah that that kind of it's sort of become this thing that could it's almost like it could be a ghost or it can have this kind of can sort of travel between things or take on other forms more than the other ones. Mm, yeah. yeah, like does it sort of quite a sad image of Buckaroo it, yeah. there? <laughs> yeah. It is it's like Buckaroo is memento boy. <laughs> <laughs> God. Uh, okay. Um well I think we should probably move on to your next artwork. Um but we can definitely still talk about some of these themes. Um so yeah, so um, Ranald has also brought us Milton Avery's um, image, which I assume is an old painting, but I couldn't, wasn't sure, um, called Sketches by the Stream uh, from 1951. Mm. Um, so yeah, Ranald, could you describe how you first came across this work and then sort of what it means to you, like whether it's influenced mm. your work um, and also have you seen it in mm. the flesh? Uh, well, I haven't seen it in the flesh, um, which is strange because most paintings I like I've seen in, I think, 
connect with a painting. Mm. I usually have to sit in the flesh, but I, I haven't found that with his work. I think a lot of his works in America yeah. are very much here, right. actually. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, um, how did you yes, first come well, across it? It's got it? kind of a good story in a way, because I was, it was a few years ago, because um, well, a bit of backstory for me, like I was having started um, a degree at the Slade, I left to be part of this band called Hidden Charms and got this, it was quite out of the blue, it's friends of mine and they, they sort of called me and they needed someone last minute and they were out in America doing stuff and I basically dropped everything, did that for quite a few years and it was amazing experience, very strange as well and then I was trying to get back, after that sort of ended I wanted to kind of go back and pick up where I left off in terms of art school and I didn't really know that much about art really. I've just kind of been out of the loop for a long time. Anyway, I was in, I think we'd just done a gig in Hamburg and I, maybe, it, oh no, actually no, that was wrong. I'd gone out to Hamburg to look around the art school there. I was looking at art schools, yeah, looking potentially in Germany. And I, and then I last minute heard from my friend who was at Frankfurt a painter called Babette Semmer, who's a really fantastic painter. Um, and she said that she was she was doing, she's at the Stradle School. I think that's saying it right, probably not. But um, that uh, she she was doing a class with Amy Silman's life drawing class. And she said, uh, she asked if I could join. And they said, yes, but I had to be there the next day at seven in the morning, oh, wow. no, nine in the morning. And it was like a 12 hour journey. Oh my God. I just got on a coach and went all night. Um, and I think I was really sort of overtired anyway. <laughs> kind of feeling a bit strange, but I, I was like, I've got to do this. Like Amy Silmans is great and this will be an amazing opportunity. Yeah. So I went and ended up there and I was like so tired. I like missed the stop. And then anyway, got there for like 9am, like not having like slept or showered or anything. And, um, did this life drawing class all day, which was really intense. And the Amy Silmans was talking about Milton Avery quite a lot. And I didn't know his work at the time. And she was talking about drawing from the model and saying how like, one about drawing, not just the, the model, the figure, but drawing what was around it as well and, and using that. Um, but she was, what she would reference, she would say, look at a Milton Avery painting and look at a, you know, and I think she even got this one up in her phone maybe, or maybe I Googled him and looked at it. And she was like, he would just use a sort of a samosa. He makes this space into like a samosa, like a lavender samosa. <laughs> and that always stuck with me. And um, I think it's just a great uh, analogy, but you know, this, this were, I mean, one thing I haven't mentioned is the Simpsons and that's like a really big influence as well. Mm -hmm. um, and that kind of era of cartoons cartoons in general is this tension between the surface and the depth and that kind of thing and mm. I think this this piece just does that really well yeah because I was I was thinking like when I looked at um up in the air and then this work together that um obviously the paint in Avery's work is like it's very blocked out in these kind of planes of flat mm. space and color but then there's definitely still like a depth to it but then I'd also say that like your drawing and painting has um, a real like tactility where like the texture and 
depth is described with like lots of marks mm. rather than these kind of um flatter spaces mm. but um yeah like that's that's mm. definitely interesting. i know and it's funny because i i think yeah i could have chosen something that was more similar to my work and i, I said they are they're very different but like i think like this is kind of what i wish i could make work like this they can um <laughs> No, I definitely like, I definitely do still like see some similarities. Um, like, I mean, even in like the most superficial sense, the hat of the figure with the kind of black swimming costume on looks like mm. a sort of cowboy hat. And I know you like depict a lot of kind of cowboy figures in your work, but um, also like, even like these rolling mm. hills and like this kind of very high horizon mm. line, um, even that alone is like, it's got this kind of like, swooping kind of perspective on it which is quite cartoon-like and I think shares a lot of similarities with your work like this kind of artificial space that's like really intense and like focused but like quite fantastical yeah. as well yeah. that's yeah mm. I can see that definitely <clears throat> that's very nice yeah I've, I've been looking at this work today um yeah. at regular intervals <laughs> and uh it's so funny because the lavender kind of block I always thought it was like mountains in the background but mm. now I'm thinking maybe it's a it's a a rug or a sort of um picnic no. blanket or something no. <laughs> but I suppose that's what's so nice about this work it has this kind of fluctuating relationship with mm. color and form um, that I think you were describing so so well like the the, the, the idea of the samosa uh defining the forearm is mm. is really interesting do you think um has like has avery's color influenced mm. your work or like can you talk a bit about the color or color in your yeah, work yeah so i think it's work? so amazing like the color again like it's another thing that took me a long time to sort of work out and I had a lot of help um, to get into colour. Uh, my grandma is a watercolour painter. Um, and mm. she, it was about the same time I went and did this. Like, I spent a lot of time with her and she would teach me um, watercolour. And I don't know, it's like this thing. I don't know if it's like always been there, but I really found after, the more I kind of got into it, the more it started to affect me. And I found like Milton Avery's work just really it's a really guttural like um, effect it has on me sometimes like makes me want to weep or like, like just really randomly just, and I, not many, hardly anything I think do that really. And I don't understand. I think one of the things I love about it is that I don't understand it. Um, and I think that's mm. the best thing about making it and experiencing um, things really. I think, you know, if you completely understand it and it's, mm. They're fun. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't like Rothko was obsessed with his, with Avery's color yeah. palette, I think. Um, and yeah, like it's definitely, you know, everyone talks about like going and crying in front of the Rothko, you know, the Rothko room at Tate and things like that. I think it definitely has this like, this strange like emotional yeah. intensity to it that people talk about mm. with Rothko as well. Yeah. As I was um, I was reading about him today, and and apparently his dad was a a tanner, and he worked for much of his sort of well, like a skin tanner, yeah, leather, 
leather production and he he works i think in the same industry i might be wrong but he definitely works the kind of blue collar worker um for much of the first half of his life and um i suppose we were talking about the kind of mixed discipline uh that your practice has and i'm kind of seeing (laughs) something of a uh uh, an echo in Avery's this relationship with kind of as a producer as a kind of blue collar worker a different relationship with with materials that somehow exists somewhere in this painting Interesting. yeah could you could you talk a little like I, I don't know some people find different materials they work with like really affecting their practice or some people like really can't work in different mm. mediums um yeah so like what 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 kind of like is medium really important mm. to your work um yeah um yeah um, yeah. <laughs> yeah so it's an interesting one i think like for this for my sort of yeah the sort of visual work it's like um and this world that these characters are all from it's kind of interesting because it's you know, part of the work is like making them, um, which is something kind of completely separate to like making a painting of them or making a sculpture of them. So it's like actually constructing the thing in the first place. <clears throat> and that thing is an idea. And that's part of the sort of the reason why I'm able to do that is because they're all these, they're kind of like these simple generic shapes. But at the same time, like mm-hmm. they're, great shapes that are they just they let you sort of make a an image or something or you know they're like 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 the shape of a cactus or something it's incredibly simple in a way but it's also Mm -hmm. just as complicated as anything else at the same time you know it can and it's like finding those details in it's important yeah yeah so So, i'm sorry It's interesting that you say um, making them rather than making depictions mm. of them, because it's kind of this idea of like pure cre- creation, I guess. And I'm just thinking about your, um, it's just occurred to me, but your plasticine figures, isn't there a Greek myth about kind of, what, I don't like know, the creation of man? Yeah, clay, these clay figures that oh, have a course, life yeah. breathing <laughs> yeah. into them. And I, I, don't know. I think there's an interesting. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I think is I don't think they are. That's what's interesting about them is they're not. There's nothing really original about them, and I think that's what I like about them. Like they're not. I'm not creating, and I don't believe in creating things. And I find like. I believe in making things. But I mean, I just I think because it's to to me that's like dangerous territory in my head of like. That sounds like yeah, like (laughs) kind of we get a bit kind of. I think that because um, because all these things that's the why I guess it's this idea that they kind of already exist or that they're just these very generic things. Um, so it's not yeah yeah it's just kind of like reprocessing things um, and using your mm. yeah just kind of yeah. I don't know. So it's somewhere between kind of, um, I don't know, re- reappropriation. It's not quite reappropriation, but it's um, 
synthesis of things that are already there and kind of pop culture. Of course, I mean, and that's all that I think anybody can do. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, (laughs) and I think I'm I'm glad you said synthesis because that's a word that I keep um, kind of reaching and thinking about. you know you know initially it was like thinking about the synthetic as like this quite negative thing that like you know of like plastics and digital or you know something that's synthetic or that's not real but it's interesting Mm -hmm. because actually it's not that simple as well like the more then you think about it more and it's like synthesis then then I remember like reading about like the nabby painters and in their manifesto I think that Mm -hmm. was it was like they talked about synthesizing the inner and the outer world with um on in, yeah. in the work so it was like and that that and that was i was like whoa that's like using synthesis as like this kind of interesting making something sort of positive or something you yeah. know rather than this kind of you know when we think about oh this chocolate bar is synthetic it's rubbish <laughs> Um, yeah. So there's that, yeah. But the, so it goes back to kind of what I was saying at the beginning about the, the two things, like the threshold between the two things and the synthesis of them. And like, I think ultimately, I think that idea that, like, yeah, I can't remember the name of the guy who wrote the bullshit jobs book. Who, this quote of him. Mm. Uh, yeah, uh, I can't remember. I can't remember. Yeah, <laughs> I know what you're talking he about. He says that like the <laughs> ultimate hidden truth of the world is that it's something we make and ultimately could make differently you know that i think re- that was at the front of this uh the that you adam curtis series and that really chimed with yeah. what i was thinking and i think what i would hope for in terms of like what art could pretend what making how that could affect should affect maybe mm-hmm. how we move forward as a species <laughs> you know and like yeah, definitely. Like the, I feel like the only because that that the new Adam Curtis like can't get you out of my head. It's like so, it's such a kind of. I don't know. It just is. It 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 comes to like so many grand, um, conclusions at the end, and is obviously like trying to look to a new future. But then, yeah, I feel like the only way we get to that future is through like fiction and world making and art. And that's at this stage, like everyone's so kind of trapped. Like the only thing to do is just make up somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I got from it anyway. <laughs> I'm just going to round us back to Milton Avery um, because I haven't asked what your favorite mm. thing about this work is. Well, purple has always been my favorite color. Um, from my oh, earliest okay. sort of times but um and I think this particular kind of purple I really like and I think again it's that it is I think the reason why I really liked it because it was neither one or the other and it was this quite complex thing that was I didn't really know sometimes purple looked like a plum sometimes it looked like this and so I guess it was like um it's quite an interesting thing that's has many but, um the other mm. How would you describe that colour? Like, is it is it a no. lilac purple? Yeah, I don't know. I so. or a lav- did you say lavender earlier, Jack? I can't remember. Oh yeah, it's I, I didn't, but it. No, no, so maybe you I did. Said yeah. Lavender, Ronald. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you said lavender. <laughs> yeah, I always say lavender samosa <laughs> a few times a day, just sort of random intervals. Just... Mm. 
Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, well, the one thing I also really like about it is the figure on the right's knees are just going over the, mm. the edge of the land there. And I think I sort of real I've, I've had this up in my studio, this painting um, for many years or a couple of years. And um, I never, it's mm. kind of took me a long time to realize that. And I think that's one of the things that I find is, is kind of a linchpin for the whole piece in a way. And there's that in the way that the figures, that same figure as well, the way her face is um, kind of in shadow and how that's kind of indicated with the shade that's kind of quite similar to the background. And that is those, I think it's those kind of thresholds that are like very close, and very precise that make it kind of so um, impactful in a way. And, it, and I, yeah, this one for me is like, again, thresholds, you know, meeting places. It's like this river and it's that divide and, and this kind of overlap that, that becomes, yeah, active. To, yeah. yeah, that is a really lovely <laughs> set of knees right there. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Well, um, we should probably wrap up soon, but is there anything else that you'd like to talk about, Ronald, like I, about either of these um, works? I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. I think one of the things I'd recent, noticed actually only recently as well was the background, the green. Kind of. Mm. Yeah. It's quite mottled actually compared to the rest of the. Um, the rest of the paint planes, like I feel like the rest of them yeah. are like quite opaque. I know, but then... I'm, pro I'm probably projecting, but um, <laughs> it looks like the pores of like, on leather. I'm yeah. just thinking yeah. about his death and, and tan, <laughs> this kind of relationship to leather, but it has a definite kind of so good. Yeah, organic. Yeah, it's uh, such an interesting observation yeah. that actually about the, the leather thing, because looking at this, it kind of all looks like it could be made of leather. Like, yeah, I think so too. It's like exactly. so soft yeah, edges as well. Like, it yeah. totally does, doesn't it? This is, <laughs> this is revolutionary, actually. Like that bit on the right, it's just it's like a, <laughs> you know, like a leather bike seat or something that's just inside. Or mm. um, yeah, and I love that <laughs> idea of it being more. It's like this kind of texture in the fabric, and it. I think I've kind of, I'm not. I've, yeah, canvas is really hard. I think like, and it's really interesting as well, and it this kind of if he's treating canvas kind of like yeah this very like treating it like a material to mm. be treated and like like this surfacing is kind of interesting mm. yeah cool yeah and um do you do you have any um exciting projects or exhibitions or anything coming up that we can point our list listeners towards um, before we wrap up yeah i've got there's a few things going on um we'll have some well coming up we've got ba degree show which is postponed from last year um which will be happening um yeah oh yeah sitting yeah. girls which will be exciting. great um, which will be obviously mine and jack's work there um and what, what's it what's it uh yeah. it's june yeah. isn't it it's it is yeah oh, late, is it late 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 july july i think oh right yeah okay cool. few weeks of july yeah a long uh, journey with that one great yeah well i think we better wrap it up there but thank you so much for talking to us reynolds and for being our first guest Ooh, yeah thanks so much it's great thank you. yeah, yeah you, really it's, enjoyed uh, it's been a pleasure thanks for having me
Thanks so much for listening to the All Math Gallery podcast. Look out on our Instagram, at All Math Gallery, for images discussed in this episode and to find out more about the artists we've been interviewing.